It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. It is indeed. You can grab dinner. You can grab a beer. There's lots of great food. Scoop is here. My name is Rain. I am here. Tanner Caro is here. Before we get to anything with Taro, right off the top, transactions this week, I just wanted to put them out there. PTO for Alex Kyle, um, 9 points, 10 games. He's a forward. He's joining the roster. And then a familiar name from last year, Tony Cameronesi, is back. Uh, he's averaging a point per game. So maybe you can put a few in the back of the net. We'll see what happens. But we got to welcome number 10, Tanner Caro. Thank you for joining us down here at the 72 Tavern. Your usual place of business at the Adirondack Bank Center, at least for 38 games a year, right? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, married with a child. I, I found that out. Um, are they listening by any chance? Or they're like, do, go do your hockey thing, Dad. <laughs> yeah, they're just telling me to go to work, and they're, they're just hanging out at home. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us yeah. tonight. You, you've, uh, you've really caught our attention this year. I was explaining, Scoop, that everybody that sits with us so far seems to be either called up to Vancouver or, like Zach McEwen, they're right there. Yeah, knock on wood. That was my head. Maybe the same thing happens for Tanner here. I hope so. And we got two Tanners on this team. You know, that's that's kind of a unique distinction. There's a Tanner Carroll and a Tanner McMaster. How is how is everything so far? Obviously, it's your first year in Utica. You're enjoying your time here. The old uh, we always talk about the old hockey cliche: great group of guys in the locker room. But the Utica Comets have a culture and great leadership, and it seems like everybody that's new here notices that right off the bat. I'm sure the same for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's such a great group of guys like you kind of mentioned but they've been so welcoming and helpful for me early on you know it's always tough when you go into a, a new team new organization kind of get getting used to the ropes and kind of how things work but everyone's been great so far from the coaching staff to you know the captains and the returning players it's been it's been fun so far and i've you know really enjoyed it you've been one of our asks since the beginning of the year because you've re- you've really stood out on the ice a lot of assists a couple of goals the other night you seem to be really you're just playing well this year very focused this year and and i i didn't know much of your past before with rockford or obviously well saw you a little bit with chicago and the blackhawks but gotten to know a lot more of your game now being down here and seeing you every night i I like your game it's well-rounded yeah thank you um that's kind of how i try to play you know i kind of want to be that all-around forward you know i want to be good on both ends i don't want to be kind of only relied on on just being an offensive player or a defensive player. I want to be able to bring both of that to, to the table and kind of work on those things, and I've been trying to get better at that every day. Absolutely. Your contributions so far have been fantastic. How are you personally looking to grow your game this season? Yeah, well, like I said, I'm trying to, you know, keep doing that all-around playing. You know, I want to kind of improve on the little things and be be confident with the puck and kind of not not get away from that you know I think I've had kind of ups and downs with that especially being called up and up and down is just having that confidence making plays and you know doing a little bit more offensively you know maybe taking a few more offensive risks but trying to still stick with being you know relied on defensively and someone who can be counted on to take big face-offs or kill penalties as well. How great was Saturday night to win the game for the vets the celebration uh, the place was rocking. A lot of fun, I imagine, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we kind of fell back there a little bit, guys were kind of getting, you know, a little bit, you know, hanging their heads maybe. But we kind of rallied together, and the fans were, were amazing, you know, the whole atmosphere. And when we got that overtime, and then we had, you know, a big penalty kill and got that, it, 
the place was erupting and it kind of felt like a playoff game you know you were so fired up and guys were excited on the bench and to get that win just for the whole the whole celebration with the Purple Heart event, it was, it was something special. It, it sounded like a playoff game. Kubelkov, 10 saves in overtime. Uh, and really, there was great goaltending at both ends of the ice. Uh, it was a, a, a thrill, a second, really, you know. Loudest I've heard the Adirondack Bank Center, which is notorious for noise in the, well, now season six of the Utica Comets. But it was the loudest I've heard it this year. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's, like I said, in overtime, you know, it, the place erupted, and it, it definitely felt like that. You know, it wasn't an early game in November. It felt like it was something, you know, down the run or a playoff game, and that's that's amazing, you know, especially for, for the players. You love that, and you can build off that, and so it's it's great. Didn't it, did, Was there a sense in the locker room, Tanner Caro is with us here on 94.9 K-Rock on Utica Comets Insider, that you... It had been a while, I guess is the easiest way to put it. I mean, the Belleville game, second game of the season, and then there had been a stretch of some L's at home, and finally to get one at home ice must have felt great in the locker room with the guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to have that home ice advantage. You know, and you want to take advantage of being home and make it a hard place to play against, and we kind of felt like we haven't done that so far this year, especially of late. So to come in and especially, you know, getting a comeback, comeback win, it just felt felt good for the guys and it's going to feel good going forward. Can I take you back to Wednesday night? Obviously you lost the game, but you would pick up two goals. I think we even did an intermission report uh, during that game, but Zach McEwen got hit and maybe it was the game before we did that. I don't remember exactly, but Zach McEwen with a big hit and then the five minute penalty. And then you picked up two goals right in that stretch uh, to really get the team going. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but I mean, that was it was so quick. It was like less than a minute apart, I Zach believe. Zach got the game-tying goal. And then, Zach, and then Zach comes back, gets the game-tying goal, and then unfortunately uh, they got the fourth. But that was, that was a crazy sequence of hockey. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that was good, I think, for our confidence as a, as a team and as a power play group as well. You know, we've been kind of struggling on the power play of late. So to get a, at least one power play goal, you know, and especially getting a five-on-three goal, you want to get that momentum and kind of build off that throughout the game. So... To be able to go back to back with two goals there, we can kind of build on it. But unfortunately, you know, we ended up losing that game. But that was a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Saturday, you face a Binghamton team that handed Charlotte only their second loss of the entire season. Afterwards, what did you guys say about that game when you're talking amongst yourselves? Your play that game. How did you size things up? Yeah, I mean that was definitely not you know one of our best games. You know, you're talking about this past... Yes, yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we kind of... We fell, fell back a little bit early, you know, giving up those couple of goals. And I think we kind of got a, we got away from, from our game there for a bit. And, you know, we just didn't quite have that jump, you know, that we had on Friday night. So we have to learn from it. We, you know, we kind of discussed that today. We watched some film and went over a few, few details that we got to kind of, you know build on going forward and just clean up a few little mistakes and those can kind of build up throughout the game and we kind of noticed that you know watching video a trend of you know one mistake here or you know one guy misses a job here and those kind of compounded throughout that game and we just we didn't find a way to come back from that that was what i was going to ask you if it was just the little things some of what you've just spoken about in your own game that you want to watch and that coach always talks about it's the little things and we've heard that going back to travis green so it sounds like it was the little things on Saturday night that might have, you know, bit you a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it wasn't just a, 
you know, one guy might have had an off game. You know, it was kind of throughout the lineup. I don't think anyone could look back on the game and say we had a, you know, a good game or could always could find a little thing here and there that if, you know, maybe we did that a little bit better early on in a game, it could have helped the next, you know, the next line on their shift and then they could build on that. And that's when you get that momentum going throughout a game. And when it's going the opposite way, you know, it can kind of do the same thing and compound on each other. Talk about how important momentum is in hockey because you can... It's so weird. We always talk about how the two-goal lead in hockey is the most unsafe lead in all of sports. Because I think of momentum. Uh, you know, a team can come back, bang, 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 a couple of good shifts, and be right back in a game. You can almost shell-shock the other team, so to speak, Tim. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that can, you know, momentum can change within a, within a shift, within a period, and yeah. throughout a game, you know, it's kind of the ups and downs, so you want to make sure... You know, you don't get too high or too low throughout the game, and you can always, you know, try to, if you're down, you know, try to find, you know, one thing to kind of get that momentum back, whether it's a big hit or a good, you know, four-check shift and getting the momentum, and then, you know, your teammates and line mates can kind of build on that, and then you try to, you know, get that going as much as you can throughout the game. Tanner Caro, number 10 on the Utica Comets here at 94.9 K-Rock Utica Comets Insider Live from the 72 Tavern. So... Tanner, the, the reason that you're a member of the Vancouver Canucks organization and a member of the Utica Comets is due to a trade last June for Michael Chaput, and I'm sure you're aware of that. And then, so last Wednesday, you played Laval, and then the weekend before that, you're in Laval, so you've played the person you were traded for three times, basically, in the span of a week. Do you know that going into the game? Is that motivation? Do you want to outplay him? Do you want to whoop his ass? I mean, do you feel that? Because you're a competitive guy, and, and I can prove you're obviously very even-keeled here sitting and talking to us, but you're an athlete, so you're competitive. And I have a quote to share with you after you answer this to prove how competitive you are, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I definitely knew that going in, that, you know, that's who I was traded for, and kind of, you kind of want to just see how they're playing and how they're doing and kind of, compare you know a little bit of that competitiveness but i think once that game's got going i kind of you know you don't really worry about that as much and just kind of worry about playing your game and doing your best well based on what i've seen in your production so far i have to say that the utica comments are a beneficiary of that trade without question but let me give you a quote this this was when you were still with the blackhawks organization got sent down to rockford and you were not happy about it Let's put it that way. He said, I know I could play at this level. When I found that I was coming down here, obviously I wasn't happy about it, but at the same time, you never know when you're going to get that chance again. So I had to try to be positive, come down here, and have the right attitude. But you're not happy being down there. And, yeah, you're enjoying your time here, but the goal is to get noticed and get back to the NHL. Obviously, that's what the American Hockey League is all about. But I love that competitive spirit, that competitive fire that you have. And I'd love to hear a little bit more from you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I you know, I've got that taste of what it was like to play, you know, in the National Hockey League. Seventy-something games already, so it's a full season's worth. Yeah, and so, you know, being up there and playing, and I've, you know, found some success up there in certain areas. And like you said, like, I guess from that quote, you know, I, <laughs> I feel I can, I can play at that level and I can have success at that level. So when you don't get that opportunity or you get sent down or whatever it may be, it does add a little fire, you know, into you and you want to make sure you're, doing all those little things you know you can handle it you know in different ways some guys can you know kind of sulk and be mad but I'm trying to you know be as positive as I can you know especially around the rink and 
enjoy my time here, but also make sure you're, you know, doing those little things because that is ultimately your goal, you know, to get back in the yeah. National Hockey League. Yeah, because I, I suppose with basically my opening question to you was you're just you're focused on the task at hand. You know what you're trying to do here, and it's just professional, very professional. My job here is to kick butt on the ice and, and play hockey and get to the next level. Go ahead, Scoop. Well, uh, coming up this week, I'm going to look ahead past Belleville. So sure. we've got that Syracuse rivalry Friday night. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that so far as, as you've experienced it? Or yeah. what, maybe what the uh, other guys on the team have told you about it. Yeah, well, I didn't really, you know, get too much insight into it going ahead. But when we played there the first time, I definitely got the feeling like this is definitely going to be, a, you know, a tough, tough matchup all the time. It was... It was heated. There's a lot of the extra stuff, you know, after the whistles. It's a hard-fought game, and it, it's almost like a playoff game every time you play them, and that's kind of what the guys have told me, you know, after that and during the game, and those are those are fun games, and they're exciting, and it's more of like that, you know, close rivalry games for sure. Yeah, it's like the Yankees-Red Sox of Central New York AHL hockey. I'm Everybody knows that that reference, and as the season progresses, you play you'll play them 12 times, and you'll see more and more Utica Comets green out in Syracuse, and you'll see a few more Crunch jerseys, and I suppose maybe a few more beers in the crowd, and uh, it gets a little bit louder. It's a lot of it's a great environment to play in. Well, Tanner Caro is with us. We've got to take a break. We're at the 72 Tavern. Scoop and Rain here, of course. We'll be right back on 94.9 K Rock. Utica. Here's two guys that like to put the biscuit in the basket. Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. With a guy who really has a knack for putting the biscuit in the basket. Tanner Caro, setter of your Utica Comets. Of course, listen to Comets Insider every Monday night on the K-Rock app, krock.com. You can ask Alexa to play the radio station and listen in. Brought to you by Labatt Blue, Slocum Dixon, and Pathfinder Bank. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill, where we have the Rangers and Canucks on right now. You can watch Monday Night Football a little bit later. Uh, we want to go back in time a little bit, Tanner, and, and talk about uh, your path here to Utica. And you, you had some time with the Chicago Blackhawks. Got your first goal against the New Jersey Devils. And that was back in 2015. Do you have that puck? What was that experience like? Probably just absolute elation, I imagine. But take us back to that moment in time and how fun that must have been. Yeah, um, well, I do have the, have the puck. They, they were really good at making a little, little plaque with, like, the game sheet and your puck and a picture from the game. And so I have that framed and up in my parents house back in michigan we hear that a lot the first goal goes to the parents house you're not the first guy to say that well, they give their life up to get you where the practices <laughs> at six in the morning and everything else so go ahead yeah you know keep it safe up there but um yeah it was uh such a special moment but unfortunately you know mine was at towards the end of a game where we were losing you know i think it was four or five to one so it was like really pumped to score your first goal but you couldn't really celebrate too hard because of the, <laughs> the time and the score of the game but it was, uh, you know, it was a great feeling. It was a lot of emotions, you know, something you, you know, dream of playing in the National Hockey League and to get your first goal, it was, it was definitely something special. Talk you, about your time uh, with the Blackhawks and some of your teammates there and some of your best memories. Yeah, I had, a, you know, a great time over the last few years, you know, up and down with them. I've met a, met a lot of great guys and got to play with, you know, some of the best players in the world. And 
you know, you know, you got Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith played with Marion Hosa. So those are some some big name guys. Who the and, heck are they? <laughs> you know, I think I I just remember sitting in the in the locker room the first game I got called up and just you know you look around the room and you see all the future Hall of Famers and you're kind of just wow am I really here you know and on you know you're just playing definitely playing on adrenaline those first first few games of the you know of your career but yeah it was a it was a great experience you know I'm thankful to be you know have been part of a great organization like that and they you know they treat you really well and coming off you know the three Stanley Cups right before we get up there that definitely helped you know with the with the fans and with the team and it was it was a great experience did you do the solo skate uh no i didn't have to that's how'd you get out of that i one? don't know i don't even remember <laughs> I, I i just i would just be out there and i hope i don't fall i hope i don't fall and not, not that you, you would fall but you, that would be the one thing that i would be concerned of do you remember yeah. who you scored your first goal against uh, Corey Schneider. Very good. Yeah. It was four to one at the time too. Yeah, you have a great memory. Yeah. You just you can't forget <laughs> things like that. No. But you got called up, and then it was a couple of days before you actually scored. You, your debut was actually a game before that against. That was a question. Do you remember my NHL debut? Yeah. Yeah, I was against Winnipeg. Yeah, very good, yeah. very good, very good. Three to one, that was a yeah. loss. So milestones, but in losses, and as, as much as it's a personal, you know, personal milestone for yourself when the team loses, it's still kind of like, damn. Take you know? some of the shine off. Yeah. So yeah. any thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you like I said, you kind of want to, you know, be really pumped up and show show a lot of emotion, but it's kind of hard to at that point of a game when you you know you're losing the game and. It's really late in the game, and, you know, guys aren't too – they're fired up for you on the bench, but they can't show too much emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with the coaching staff. But, yeah, you know, you definitely – you're just happy to get that goal, though, for sure. It's Tanner Carroll. I'm Rain Scoop is here. Comments Insider Live from the 72 Tavern with 94.9 K-Rock. So you went to Michigan Tech. Uh, let's see. You were an all-star scoring champion, a Hobie Baker finalist, captain of the team, uh, pretty much all everything. You had a very successful D1 college career. It, when I bring it up, what's the first thing that you think of, a memory out of all those four years? I mean, there's there's too many, I think. You know, I was I think the biggest thing was I grew up in you know Hancock Hope in Michigan and mm-hmm. that's where Michigan Tech was so as a kid I grew up going to those Michigan Tech games and I think before I even wanted to play in the National Hockey League it was I wanted to be a Michigan Tech Husky so to be able to play there in front of my friends and family it was you know a great honor and you know something I'll cherish forever and I think being able to have success there and play with you know I played with my cousin my brother played played there as well so that just makes it extra special. So you were the scoring leader and player of the year. Do you know who the player was that preceded you in that? If you don't, it's okay. In what? In, in the it preceded you in leading the WCHA in scoring and as player of the year. What player was that? Do you know? If you don't, I'll tell you. And there's a reason I ask. Cody Kunick. Cody Kunick was at one point, if you remember, a member of the Utica Comets for a short time. Isn't it? It's a small world in hockey. (laughs) It really is. It's crazy. So other than that, you were undrafted. And I wanted to bring that up to you, too, because I always notice, and it leads to what we were talking about in the initial, our opening segment, the the chip on the shoulder and the motivation as a player. Does, Does that ever float through your head that maybe not being drafted or a highly touted draft pick or anything like that, uh, maybe it takes a little bit more to kind of get noticed. Did, did, did you notice anything like that, or 
How, I mean, there's a lot of work to get to where you've been and where you want to go again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, going, especially even growing up from a, you know, a small town in Upper Michigan, you don't really get, get to be seen as much growing up. Definitely. And, you know, as you get a little bit older and you have some success and then, you know, you see, you know, your draft years kind of going by and you're thinking maybe there's a chance you can get picked up or picked up late. It kind of does add that extra motivation. You know, I could have easily just sat back and went through college, but I think it kind of lit another fire to, you know, show that I can, you know, put my mind to this and do all the little things and work hard and get to where I want to go, you know, despite not being drafted. Well, when did that moment happen? I mean, you talked about, you know, just being excited to play for Michigan Tech. When did you start to think, you know, what about the NHL? I, I could maybe play at that level. Yeah, well, once I got, you know, to Michigan Tech and I was playing, you know, I did, you know, not overly well my freshman year. I mean, I was able to play every game and kind of, you know, build up a little, a little bit of confidence of that. And then going to the junior year I, or sophomore year, I started to play a little bit better, you know, score a few more goals. And I think then I started to feel like, okay, you know, I can start to be, you know, one of the better players in, in the league. And going into my junior year, you know, I had a, you know, I kind of thought to myself, this is probably a, this is going to be a big year, you know, to kind of take that next step. And after that season, I was able to go to the Minnesota Wilds development camp. And then I was able to play with, you know, a lot of the draft picks and a lot of the highly touted guys. And I think a lot of them were, you know, kind of very similar to where I was at. And there's a few that were a step step ahead. You know, you could kind of tell them, but it also wanted me to push me to work harder to get to that. But it showed me that I'm not, I wasn't very far off. And so I, you know, I put in a lot of work in the summer to, you know, make sure I was in the best shape I could be. And then, you know, I knew going into my senior year, I was, you know, it was a, it was going to be a, kind of not really a make it or break it year but I knew if I had a good year I had a good chance of playing on. Now you've said you know you can play at the NHL level and obviously you want a chance so there's a lot of people in Vancouver a lot of fans online that want to see you get up there as well uh, what do you want to uh, say to the fans in Vancouver? And, you know, we've had kind of the Midas touch here a little bit, so, you know, all our guests we, we have, do have get a some, little stint up there. There's quite a few Vancouver Canucks fans in Vancouver that do listen to us. They stream <laughs> it. They got us on the app. We put the podcast out, and you're a name that comes up quite a and, bit. And what about the difference between the AHL and the NHL? Talk about the, the maybe some of the little things that are just different in the level of play between the greatest hockey league in the world and the second greatest hockey league you know you know as well as anybody yeah yeah well i mean this is the ahl is a you know it's an, an amazing league you know there's so many good players but there's also a lot of good players that don't make it you know to the national hockey league and i think the biggest thing you know i've kind of noticed was just more of the the little details up top you know like the passing a little more you know there might be a little more of the better you know better skaters better shooters obviously the most skilled players in the world but it's just all the the little details the little parts of the game that you know are executed at that higher level all the time you know it's not in you know in and out throughout the game or not as much of a you know grinding type style sometimes you know i mean there's games or they're more physical and games that are you know more of a flow game down here but there's definitely I think just the overall execution up there is a little bit higher 
more consistently. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. So today's the day we said rest in peace to Stan Lee, 95 years old. Obviously, everybody knows Marvel Comics and the movies and things like that. Kulbukov has venom on his mask. Wow. And, and I, I, I don't know. Do you, what do I you do? I mean, it's a tribute to Stan Lee. Uh, are, there, are there any, uh, anybody talking about that today? Did you guys skate this morning? Yeah. Did, did, yeah, did you I tease him a little bit about that? <laughs> I don't think we were. Unfortunately, we were a little more worried about that loss we had last yeah, game. Yeah, for so sure. Guys were kind of, we had a, you know, a big big meeting this morning so guys our heads were a little more focused on that no absolutely there's an icebreaker for you the next time you get to the rink i i bring him up seriously though because he was not expected to play this much obviously i think the intention was for thatcher to get his games but we all know what he's dealing with and working his way back but your overall impressions of of kobolkov stepping up right now and and he's he's done well overall he's played over my gosh he's played well the overtime friday night he was on he was definitely standing on. on his head yeah no he's been doing amazing you know i think as a as a young guy coming in and kind of just being giving a big role like that you know especially with like you said thatcher being hurt and back you know getting called up he's had to kind of take over that role of being the number one goalie and he's done he's done a great job and he's one of those goalies that never really gives up on the puck you know and we notice that in practice you'll think he got a little tap in rebound back door and you go to finish it and he dives over and makes <laughs> yeah. a sick save and he's mobile you know and kind of <laughs> yeah. just like laughs at you and it gets you a little you know a little upset with him a little so competitive gotta, yeah, yeah. So you, you know you shoot a little bit harder maybe the next time you're going down on the ice but no he's definitely he gives us a chance to win every night and he's you know making those big saves and especially like you said in the overtime you know he made a couple of tremendous saves late in the game and you know, big stops in the shootout to give us the win, and he's he's definitely doing doing his job. This is Tanner Caro, Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern and 94.9 K Rockets. Scoop and Rain along for the ride. And we got a little voice in here. We've got to take a break. But I did want to bring up the fact Tanner comes from a really big family, and I just I, I thought the fans might be fascinated. Five sisters, four brothers, Dawson, Devin, and Hunter all play hockey. I believe uh, Jordana, who is... One of your sisters was a Michigan Tech volleyball player. She's got some athletes in the family, but give us an overall sense of Dale and Jones' house growing up because it was busy. It was busy. Yeah, it was. I don't really know how my parents did it, to be honest. You know, we had a lot of athletes in the family. Um, I had, yeah, the one older sister, she played volleyball. My other sisters all played volleyball, basketball, and then all the brothers were in hockey, football. They were golf, taxi drivers. Like, yeah, <laughs> they were going, you know, every night. One of them's bringing one to the rink. One's going to the basketball court, and they're, you know, doing their best to catch half of the game or, you know, splitting it up, who comes where. But it was definitely hectic, but it was also very fun. You know, you yeah. never you never were bored, and, you know, it's, uh, it's special, and especially now you know going back for the holidays and christmas time christmas time growing up was always chaotic but fun you know we're very very competitive family so we always have our card games or board games that get pretty heated and yeah that's what i like especially around the holidays but yeah it was a it's an amazing experience and you know something not a lot of a lot of people are used to but yeah i you know i love every bit of it don't, uh, Monopoly is what, what the competitive uh, fire got started with back in the Caro household. We really appreciate the time, man. Uh, get home to the wife and the baby. Thanks for talking some Utica Comets hockey with us. And uh, we'll definitely see you at the Adirondack Bank Center soon. Scoop and rain right back. Comets Insider 94.9 K Rock. 
who do you think really made a difference in the first period? Definitely the hockey players, Chrissy. They were the ones who got all the scores. And then you got the goalie wearing every pad in the world and baseball gloves. He's working very hard, too. Let's do that hockey. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill for Comets Insider. It's Rain Man and Scoop. How you doing, Scoop? I'm doing okay. I got myself a uh, big moose, Saranac big moose. Sounds good to me. Great food down here, too. How many TVs? We've counted them before, about 450, it feels like. We're surrounded by TVs. They're everywhere. 72 Tavern at the Adirondack Bank Center. Every single Monday from 7 to 8, we feature a different player, or perhaps on occasion, Coach Trent Call joins us down here, and we bring in some friends, everybody from the birthday boy, the voice of the Utica Comets, Joe Roberts, who normally joins us at this segment. Well, we gave him the night off. It's his birthday. He's out with Mrs. Roberts. And, Happy uh, birthday, Joe. Yeah, he's out there somewhere, so they're having a good night. I know the comments put that on social media. I listened to him call the end of the game Friday night, and it was just fantastic. He was jacked up during the auction of the specialty jerseys for the Purple Heart celebration and the honoring of all of the vets and the military, obviously, Veterans Day yesterday. And the whole weekend was really a celebration of that because the Utica Memorial Auditorium, as we've talked about, Scoop, it's a memorial. It's a memorial venue for the troops, for the military. Yeah, and uh, happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. I am humbled by the gift of your service. Without a doubt. Thank you. Uh, and they, they tweak things for those that weren't at the game. Hometown heroes, usually they honor one vet. They honored all members of the military that were in attendance. It was really, it was a pretty powerful moment. Uh, go ahead. Wednesday night. I popped into Tiny's Grill after the game, and a couple of the guys in there, their brother was the guy in the, the Marine Blues Wednesday night in the, in the Hometown Heroes uh, salute. That's Don. And, that's Don. And they were telling us that, oh, he was thrilled to death, and it was so much fun, and uh, they really enjoyed it. And, and, and he enjoyed it, apparently, according to them. So we got to get to uh, our guy on the phone here, a friend of us. As we said, we invite friends in from time to time. Corey Hergott joining us. He covers the Comets from Vancouver for Canucks Army. He's on the line. And what's, uh, what's the top of mind thing as far as the Comets focusing on maybe the last three games since last week for you, Corey? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on again, guys. Always happy to come on and talk uh, comments with you. And happy birthday to Joe Roberts. Uh, I heard you guys talking about it, that being his birthday today, so uh, I thought I'd get that out of the way as well. Uh, but for me right now, uh, Kolbikov has been great. Uh, even the last game, he got yanked after letting in his, his goals there. But he, he's been very, very good, pressed into duty, uh, more more work than he was supposed to get. I feel like uh, Jonathan Dolan has been playing uh, a lot better of late. He's he's heading into those uh, dirty areas again to get to get his uh, scoring chances, and I, I think that's uh, that's going to help him out a lot. Um, Lucas Yashik is another one who stood out for me. They they've moved him over to the middle. Uh, that may change now with Tony Cameron Essie coming coming back into the fold, but. Uh, you know, having Yashik being able to slide over into the middle when he's when he's needed to, that that's only going to help him down the road when uh, when he's looking to get more ice time. Corey, everybody asks you about the young guys that are here, and uh, they you know they want to see him. They want to see him play. Um, Paul Mu, what are your thoughts on him? I feel like he's still trying to figure out what his role is. Still trying to find his way with the team. Um, the thing I, I see from him is there's no 
no question as far as his work ethic. He's uh, he's given it everything he's got when he's out on the ice. Uh, I, I see he's got a very active stick in all three zones. That always kind of stands out to me. Um, he does really nice work along the boards, but uh, can get shoved off the puck a little bit um, by the bigger players. Now, I don't know that that's so much due to his... Uh, his size because he's got such a low center of gravity, but it, it's been happening a little bit in, in the games that he's getting. Uh, I do like seeing him getting a look on the power play when he's in. Um, I've liked uh, that he's been getting some time with, uh, with Carter Banks. I, I think that helps. Uh, I think that helps a bit with the confidence with, with, for a lot of these young guys when they come in. It seemed to me I was kind of tracking it a bit at the start of the year, and I think Palmu was the last player of the, of the young group to you know, to kind of ride shotgun with uh, with Carter for a few games, and I really think that does help his game a bit to be with with a guy that's very stable like that. Comets Insider with Corey Hergott of Canucks Army. If you were to guess, who would you predict might be the next Comet to get a call up to the Vancouver Canucks? Uh, well, if, if, if we're talking forwards, I would have to I would guess it would either be uh, Tanner Caro or uh, Zach McEwen. Uh, I've got a soft spot to see Zach go up, but um, it just it's going to depend on what they need. If they needed a, you know, somebody to play the middle, that's going to be more for uh, for Tanner to take control of. If they're looking for somebody to play the wing, then then I think it's uh, I think it's time to give Zach a look for at least a, to give him his taste and so he can see what he needs to still work on, so he's more successful when he gets his next chance up there. I think he's Corey, close. How, Corey, how concerned were you when he took that hit that led to the five-minute major, which then did result in, and I'm sure you were listening to our opening segment with it Tanner It was right Caro. in front of me the other night, Corey. It was right in front of me. It just almost, it made me sick to my stomach. The two the two Tanner Caro goals, yeah. He When he got up, he was out of sorts, discombobulated. Uh, he was flexing the knee quite a bit. You weren't quite sure. Did he hit his head? Did he, did he separate a shoulder? Did he I, I mess was, up his knee? I was just glad there was no blood. There was there was definitely the holding. Yeah, no blood. Uh, he wasn't caught up. There was definitely a holding of the breath collectively of, oh of Comets fans and, and Canucks fans and probably his parents up in Prince Edward Island, and I'm sure yourself, Corey. There were some anxious moments in the Comets cave here, as I call my little shed that I work out of. Um, yeah, I definitely, uh, I was a little bit concerned there and, uh, uh, I was quite happy to see when, when Zach was back out there, uh, playing again. Um, that's kind of been his, his MO over his career. Uh, when I had the opportunity to speak with his dad, his dad was telling me that, uh, you know, back in, you know, when Zach was younger, he, uh, cut his own cast off of his hand so he could, uh, play a game. Uh, you know, he was playing with a broken wrist or a broken hand or whatever, and, he wanted to play so bad he cut his cast off. So I don't think you're going to keep him down very easily. Um, but that said, I'm glad he was able to to go out there and finish that game. And he came back and he scored the game tying goal. I was like, oh my god, that's fantastic! And his his attitude in between periods. I, I've had him a couple times for the intermission reports during the games as in game host, and he is positive scoop. Well, what he said Friday night when you talked to him, and we're down 3-1, to one, he's like, well, you know, we just got to get out there and work and do the little things and, uh, you know, try and come back. And he had a very positive attitude. Yeah. And lo and behold, 
the team does it. I had a, I had a sense that he was willing them to victory. It's what it, it, what it felt like. Corey Hergott still on the line with us here from Canucks Army on 94.9. K-Rock from the 72 Tavern. It is Utica Comets Insider. So they played Laval, and we discussed that with Tanner a little bit. Three games in a row. So within the span of a week, the Laval Rocket and the Comets play hockey. So you see Alexander Grenier, Hunter Shinkarik, who uh, some of the young fans used to call Clearbeard when he was here because he had a very, very <laughs> light blonde beard. And then Michael Chapu, who we addressed the fact that he was the player traded for Tanner Caro. And what did you see watching those former Comets playing against the Comets, do you think that we got the better of the Tanner Carroll for Michael Chaput trade when, when you put it all together? Well, I think they're both serving purpose, different purposes for their team right now. I, I think, uh, you know, Michael Chaput, when he was, when he was here, he, he put up points. He played both special teams, the same as, as uh, Tanner does. But he had a little bit more of a, of a heavy game that he could bring when he needed to. Uh, you know, he drop the gloves when he needed to and that sort of a thing. I think I think what Tanner gives the team is a little bit more speed and a little bit more uh, offensive creativity. And, and I know that up in Vancouver, that that's the style of hockey that Travis Green is looking to play. He wants to be fast. He wants to be skilled. And he wants to push the pace of games. And I think uh, they may be trying to emulate the same sort of thing down in Utica. If they can have a, a Tanner Carroll, who I believe is a is a, a bit better of a skater and can push the offense a little more, uh, I think that's kind of maybe a bit of the, the thought process behind that that trade. Corey, how tough is it to do a, a radio show about the Comets when you've got one eye on the Rangers and Canucks? <laughs> What's is going on uh, right I'll now? I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. You have 100% <laughs> of my attention today. I'm not oh. even watching the Canucks game. I've got it on the PBR at the moment. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. Uh, we did, of course, make sure that we could hang on to Corey for one more segment. Obviously, fantastic insight. Covers the Utica Comets in detail, in depth, and as well as anybody covering them locally. And that's no disrespect to our friend Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch, the Ellery Award winner. Well, we're 0-0, Corey, at the end of the first. If anybody scores, we'll jump on and let you know. We'll update you. We'll be uh, back <laughs> after good. a short break. <laughs> We'll be back after a short break and continue with Corey Moore on Utica Comets Insider Next, 94.9 K-Rock. Utica Comets Insider, live from the 72 Tavern and Grill, it's Rain Man and Scoop. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. On 94.9 K-Rock. K-Rock. Brought to you by Labatt Blue, Slocum Dixon, and Pathfinder Bank. Also, you can listen in on the K-Rock app, stream it at krock.com, and you can ask Alexa to play anything on K-Rock, really. Enable K-Rock Utica. And once you do that, you just say, Alexa, play K-Rock Utica. And we're with Corey Hergott of Canucks Army. Corey is a must-follow on Twitter because he, he, he follows... Our Utica Comets, like Ben Burnell, follows them. And, uh, I, and it's interesting to see every now and then the two of them talk to one another. But I wanted to ask you, Corey, what is your biggest, nicest surprise of the Comets season so far? Uh, would it be the play of Kubelkoff? Well, he's definitely uh, one of the top stories for sure in my mind. Um I've been uh, I've been really impressed again this year so far with uh, Michael Carconi. Uh, la- last year, uh, you know, he tripled his goal total to 15 from his first season, and uh, this year he's got about seven points in 11 games. I mean, 
he's Mr. Everything for the team. He's like a Swiss Army knife out there for the coaching staff. They can use him in all situations. So I, I think, uh, you know, he was one of the guys getting rotated in with the rookies at the start of the year. And, and I think he's kind of being, uh, um, his story's being undersold a little bit right now. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's been a pleasant surprise. Um, he was, I've also been really impressed with uh, with Adam. Uh, sorry, not Adam Gaudet, with uh, Guillaume Brisebois. Uh, sure. Lately, like since since he came back down from Vancouver, he's been uh, he just looks a little bit more more there. Um, I don't know if he's just got that much more attention that he's paying to the game now, but uh, he looks sharper to me. Michael Carconi was the first star of the game on Friday night, and I had an exchange with Corey the other day, and you'll remember this, I'm sure. We were discussing him, and he is fast. He is noticeably one of the fastest players, and and I think that might he's not a, a big guy. He's not tiny by any means. He's not Petrus Palmusmal, but his speed definitely helps him. I mean, his speed is elite. He is fast, and I think it helps him get to certain pucks. It, it just helps him get by guys. He gets his angles are better, things like that. And he was extremely excited to get that win on home ice, and of course uh, to help out with the win on Friday night. I I think you're spot on with your assessment of him. I wanted to ask, though, Corey. Corey Hergott with Canucks Army here with us on 94.9 K-Rock. What is your overall assessment of the special teams overall? P- uh, penalty kill and power play. You can start with power play. Well, the power play misses Reed Boucher for sure. I mean, there's no denying that. Um, I've, uh, I've understood it's possible he could be back this week, which would be uh, pretty massive for the team. So, uh <laughs> Fingers crossed that Reed's uh, ankle or foot or whatever is getting better here and he's able to play again this week. But I, I think that's a huge part of, of the power play is, is missing him. So much of, of the offense runs through him uh, in that regard. Um, and as for the penalty kill, I think it's been a little bit of a, a, a rotating cast. I mean, penalty kill was amazing last year and, and they had Cole Castles and Wacy Hamilton and Darren Archibald and, and uh, Carter Banks, and those guys were out there, you know, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And, and for various, obviously, Cole isn't around anymore, but for various reasons, other guys, um, they're not getting in there. And, uh, you know, when you're using guys like Jonah Gajevich, he's learning. Uh, Zach McEwen is learning the, the penalty kill this year as well. So you're going to have, have, you know, a few uh, warts to the penalty kill as guys are, are, are learning and, and taking on more uh, a bigger role. Corey, if there's one thing you'd like to see the Comets do better, what would it be? Is it the power play? What would you say on that? Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think the penalty kill is, if they can get that cleared away, uh, I think that's more important right now than, than the power play. Uh, I think the power play will sort itself out with, uh, with getting Reed back when he's back. Um, but I do think that they definitely need to do, do something with that penalty kill to, to shake things up. I'm not sure what the answer is for that, though. Can I, can I just interject? We are up against our final break of the night, but I do have one more thing I just wanted to have everybody comment on. Uh, the Vinny Arsenal fight the other day was by far the best uh, scrap that I've seen this year and one of the best that I've seen in the odd in a while. That was a hell of a hockey fight. And I'm sure that you perhaps saw that, Corey. I did, you know, and I, I one thing I've said about uh, Vincent Arsenal um, since he joined the team last year on his on his PTO deals was uh, he's definitely a gamer. He's not afraid to throw down with anybody. It doesn't matter how big the other guy is. 
Um, he doesn't always come out on the right side of the fights, but uh, he certainly did in this last one. Uh, I, I'm a fan of, of when he can bring that part that part of the game uh, for the coaching staff, and I think that's why Trent Cole keeps putting him back out there. Is he knows what he's getting from from Big Vinny? He he goes out there and he brings a heavy game. He's throwing his body around. He's throwing his weight around. He forechecks hard, and he will uh, <laughs> he will step in when he when he needs to step in. Um, so he had a big bag of ice on his hand in the tunnel uh, for the third period of that game. I saw him down there. Uh, but, yeah, he fired the boys up. They were You need that every once in a while. I think it gives the team a little bit of a spark. Corey Herga, you're invaluable. We appreciate your time. He covers the Comets with Canucks Army at C-O-R-Y-H-E-R-G-O-T-T. If you're a Comets fan and you're on Twitter, I absolutely I, I can't recommend following him enough. You will know more about the team than even if you go to the games you learn things i'm at every game and i learn things thank you Corey. one quick question favorite enforcer of all time for you Corey. of all of all time for me yeah uh boy i i was a big uh fan of gino ojic when he uh when he played for the canucks i I think that's uh that's a pretty tough guy to uh to play second fiddle too, so I'll I'll, I'll go with Big right. Gino from when he played for the Canucks. Okay, very good. We're gonna let you go back and see if the Vancouver Canucks beat the Rangers tonight. That's my favorite NHL team, so I'm I'm torn on this one. Appreciate the time. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll reach out soon. Okay. Thanks again, guys. Always a pleasure. We always wrap things up from the 72 Tavern on Utica Comets Insider here on 94.9 K Rock with a couple words from Scoop. Go Comets.